Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents The Kingdom Driven Family Podcast with your host, Andrea Schwartz. This podcast will equip and empower you to help advance Christ's kingdom through God's primary institution, the family, building a home that serves Christ and His kingdom. everybody. It's Andrea Schwartz and Nancy Wilk back again for another edition of Homeschooling Help. We are starting an hour later than usual, so hopefully we haven't lost too many people and maybe we've gained some along the way. And we're doing something extremely high tech for us ladies. We have Nancy on remote. Now, granted, she's always on remote because she's in Virginia and I'm in uh, California. However, she's at a conference and we are going to dovetail some of the information that the conference that she's at. Um, I'm not sure how great our reception is with their Wi-Fi, but um, as long as you can hear us, we figure that's okay, even if we go a little fuzzy along the way. So this edition um, is talking about taking care of your own. And some people might say, well, that has to do with everybody. This isn't really a homeschooling issue. Well, it is and it isn't, because what homeschooling should endeavor to do is to bring every area of life and thought under the domain of Jesus Christ and his word. And so today we're going to focus a little bit based on this conference that Nancy's at. So, Nancy, I'm going to turn it over to you for you to share where you're at, where you're at and why you're there. OK, great. Thank you very much. And I do appreciate folks. Um, you know, um, scooting back with us for an hour and uh, apologize for any of the technical difficulties that we But I am at, in Culpeper, Virginia, which is about two hours from where we live at a conference called Faithful Aging. And the conference is, um, is put on by um, Pinnacle Living, which is a Methodist uh, nurse, uh, Methodist retirement community and um, a group called Beard Center on Aging. And that is the only one in its, of its kind in Virginia. And what it does is it gathers to one location um, at the University of Lynchburg resources for people as they age. So one of the things that they've, they've done is to recognize the um, role in the church in aging and caring for our aging. Um, population, our family especially. So we wanted to participate in that um, because of our, um, well, because because that's one of the things that God has called us to do. To, in, this is part of honoring our parents and, and part of our responsibilities to one another. So that is what we're doing, and that's why we're here. And so they've got lots of different um lots of different denominations uh, are represented and a lot of different um, community resources and um, individual businesses, just a lot of people. And, um, you know, one thing that I just want to say that I really uh, appreciate the position that the Lord has given us is to be able to say these things with really a very, um, you know, free voice and confidence in ability to say, no, we do these because 
because it's what the Lord requires. There's a lot of agencies here who may not be able to say that, you know, they're just offering their, their phone numbers or their counseling services or their retirement communities. And they really can't say, you know, this is what God has called us to. And so I just want to say that I appreciate that. It's, that's a really precious thing. And um, so I hope that that's something that we can be faithful to do, to declare his faithfulness to the next generation and to honor our parents appropriately. So, okay. So you're bringing in a series of implications from the commandment, honor your father and your mother. Mm -hmm. Well, right. for children who honor their parents, unless they die prematurely, they're going to grow up. They're going to become adults. They're more than likely to become parents themselves have. Um, and then if um, with medical um, resources and nutrition information available, people are living longer. So if right. we don't plan for how our families are going to be sustained during all the different phases of everyone's life, what happens is by default, people look to the state. And that's how we have a social security and Medicare system, which I will admit for a lot of people, if they didn't have that, they wouldn't have much of anything. However, back when these were instituted, it wasn't taboo for people to have more than 2.5 children. Uh, big mm -hmm. families were something that people were looking towards because as the Bible says, you know, blessed is the man whose quiver is full. If I'm out hunting and I've got a quiver in my, on my back, do I want one arrow or do I want seven? Well, most people would want more than less. And if we don't incorporate not only how to do certain things in our homeschool, but why and the responsibility, then our families just become repositories for sleeping and eating until we get to a certain age. And then suddenly the, 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 the conversation goes to burden. I don't want to be a burden on my children or it's such a burden. And, you know, are these burdens and let's call them burdens. If somebody says it's a burden, it's a burden, but are we supposed to bear these burdens or are we supposed to give them away to someone else? that's one of the things that we see happening. And one of the things that we, I was talking to another exhibitor about, and that is that there is such a disconnect because even though this may be the family's responsibility and we recognize it as people of faith, we recognize that it is the family's responsibility first, the church to help if necessary. But we're in this um, position where, like you said, there's family, um, adults who have considered their children a burden. Now their children are off doing something else. And now, you know, maybe they don't want to take care of the parents, you know? So we have to um, educate not just the children to do it, but sometimes the parents to receive it. And that's something that, you know, is you got to put those two, two things together and, and we need to do it at the home. That's where it starts. Right. If we don't look to God's word and say, okay, what is this picture supposed to look like? Um, as soon mm -hmm. as we start looking at family members as burdens, as opposed to responsibilities and good responsibilities, cool. what child doesn't like it when grandma and grandpa come over and give him presents or, you know, remember special things about them. 
So there's an exchange that is part of living in a family. And granted, they're not always the easiest. I'm sure some members of my family, they don't consider me easy. I know they're members of my family over the years. I haven't considered easy. But that's really beside the point. Because in God's economy, it's not the individual that's the basis of society. It's the family. And so, you know, we we so focus on individuals so that a lot of people think, well, by the time my kids get older, they'll go off to school. They have to find themselves. They have to set their career. But if you've sent your children far, far away, will they come back? Or will you have just taken the investment that you have put in for years and years and years and basically said, I have no return on my investment. There should be returns on investment. Nobody puts money into a portfolio that after, you know, all the money you put in doesn't bring a return. Right. Yeah, we don't really think of, think of our children in terms of investment sometimes. And, and we should. A return. We right. should. Mm-hmm. Well, again, God expects a return from us. He gives us blessings. He gives us provision. And then he expects obedience. And that's why Mm -hmm. if you make the focus of your homeschool, just that book learning, you're going to miss the dimensions of a really genuinely fulfilled life. Um, It's an interesting Mm -hmm. phenomenon. They sometimes bring preschool children into retirement communities. In fact, some retirement communities have a preschool on the same uh, on the same premises. And what happens is when the children and the elderly are together, they both thrive. I can remember when I used to take my daughter to a retirement home. By the time she came along, grandma had passed away and she didn't have an opportunity to be among older you know, men and women, and we would go and uh, she would, um, she would say how beautiful they are, that they uh, have their, uh, you know, silver hair. And she just thought that was so wonderful. And it looks like maybe we have lost Nancy here for a second, went up, here she comes back, I think. Um, Anyway, so when she got the, the opportunity, she thought that these ladies were beautiful. She didn't think that they were old, that they had wrinkled skin. And she would go up and she would touch their skin and she'd say, mom, their skin, you know. So if we accommodate the fact that there are going to be people who are ill, they're going to be people who are um, older, they're going to be people who aren't as advantaged as we are, we have to take a look at our family and then the family of God as being where we do primarily our interaction. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes, because the the alternative we see here is um, salespeople, you know, paid sales, salespeople are picking out a home for grandma. You know, that's that's not how it needs to be. You know, um, I was recently at a conference myself. It was a conference on nutrition and some very interesting conversations took place over lunch. It had to do with prenatal nutrition. Since this was a nutrition Mm -hmm. conference, it was all about how mothers-to-be should be really beefing up their nutrition. I was sitting next to a woman who, you know, was there. She agreed, et cetera. So over lunch, we started talking about a variety of things. And I brought up that it's not surprising that people don't take prenatal times all that seriously in our country because they think they can get rid of children. Well, now we were on Mm -hmm. the subject of abortion. 
Previously, this woman had talked about how she had nobody to take care of her when she was older. Mm. And, you know, there are a lot of reasons why someone might not. But then when I brought up the subject of abortion, she looked at me and she said, I had two abortions and that was the best decisions in my life. And yet she had just said there was nobody who was going to be able to take care of her. Mm -hmm. So it's a mindset that says, well, who's responsible? Well, somebody will pick that up. And, and quite mm -hmm. frankly, what that means is for the people who chose not to have children or who have eliminated their children, and I'm not talking about people who can't have children but want to, I'm talking about the other groups. It's like they then expect somebody else's children's efforts to fund what they need. And so- right. This touches on the economics of family and national life by who picks up the bill. And it's important that our children know they have a responsibility back to us, to their brothers and sisters, to their grandparents. You know, in other words, if we're not doing family right, we'll never do country right. That's right. There's um, there's another thing that's floating around here. We see it in several um with several different offerings, and that is um, the reminder and the paperwork to do um, like living will, so that you you make some of these decisions about who's going to take care of you, you know, about pain management, about should they resuscitate you, should they not, you know, all all of those kinds of decisions. And you know, I was looking at one of those things and I thought you know, how important that is as a family to discuss those things now and to look and see what God have types of decisions if we um, um, biblically now and make note of them, then who's going to decide those things for us and that that's going to be that's going to be a state or or people who have already killed all their own children. And now we're an old burden, you know, babies were the young burden and one day we'll be the old burden. So it, so, you know, we have to, we have to think through those things now and change the direction of our country and our culture and sometimes in our families so that we don't have a, a godless state making those decisions for us right. when we need to be making them biblically and as a family. And there's the key, making them biblically. Um, mm -hmm. I've heard too many people say, well, you know, I've told my family if it turns out that I'm paralyzed or something like that, I want them to pull the plug. And it's like, yeah. whoa, wait a minute. Are these decisions that can be made in a vacuum or are these decisions that have to be made biblically? And a lot of times people will give the noble or seemingly noble response that says something to the effect of, well, I don't want to be a burden to my children. Well, first right. of all, you don't know you'll be a burden. You don't know that the whole experience won't be a blessing, but let's leave it that mm -hmm. you're a burden. What gives you the right to say, when you'll live and when you'll die. How is that any different than saying that I decided I don't want to be pregnant right now and this isn't a convenient time? So right. we have to answer to God's word, even if it's difficult. Now, I took mm -hmm. care of my husband's mom when she was too old to live by herself. And was it difficult at times? Absolutely. I'm sure. But you know what? When she passed away, 
I couldn't believe the huge hole in my life mm -hmm. and how much I missed her. No, I didn't miss the trips to the doctor's appointments. I didn't miss the times where she was ill or she was incontinent or something like that. And I had to clean things up. But isn't that how we serve each other? I mean, when my husband, her son was young, she changed his diapers. She made sure that he had food on the table. She raised him after his father passed away when he was still a young boy. So the, the point I'm trying to make here is if we don't get family, and we don't make homeschooling more than just an academic alternative. What we're going to end up with are disappointments in family life because we don't have our families there to be what holds us up. And now we're going to have to look to a political candidate who says the things we want to hear. Right. Yeah. And, and all too often we see folks that get like put in assisted living facilities or um, you know, have to be taken care of by someone else. And then everybody wonders, where's that family? You know, well, maybe that family didn't learn. Maybe that family didn't, didn't learn to take care of mom because maybe mom just didn't, didn't take care of them, you know? And it's a right. hard thing when we see that happening. So to, to expand on that a little bit, all right. Mm -hmm. It's like responsibility. Most people would say they have the responsibility to put gas in their car. Otherwise, when they drive, they're going to run out of gas. Most right. people will know that they should pay their bills. Um, not that everybody does, but most people know that there are consequences to such things. And so mm -hmm. if we don't start off with this understanding that we are mutually responsible for each other mm -hmm. and as we, as our, let's say, children grow and then our grandchildren, if what's not being incorporated is this idea that we make provision for the possibility of the future. So I have seen many a retired couple who have decided that what they're going to do is they're going to go live their dream and they're going to move clear across the country because they've always wanted to live X, Y, Z. But they haven't really considered whether or not when something happens to them, are they even in a close proximity to their children? Have they discussed what will happen? And so you can't be selfish either way. If you're going to depend on your children, then you have to have the conversation that says, what would you like us to do now in retirement? Maybe are there are things we can do that we can exchange with each other so that we'll take a financial burden off you and we have some security that something happens to mom or dad the children are there to help. Right. And some of those things, you just have to have the conversation. And as hard as those conversations are to have, it's better to have them now while everybody's younger and healthier and has time to make those provisions right. than, than in a crisis situation. And it's more so than a conversation. It, it, it's, it's, yeah. it's more than a conversation. It's living with each other. Um, I was blessed to have my grandparents live with us. That's probably why it wasn't a big stretch when the time came that my husband's mom would come live with us. But my children were responsible to help grandma. If we were walking someplace, you know, as they got older, you help grandma walk. Grandma needs her cane. Grandma needs this. Go spend some time with grandma. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes when I'm in trouble, I know for me, 
Grandma was a great resource <laughs> because grandma would help me get out of trouble at times and just give me another person to talk to. So we got to get back to incorporating it. Maybe make a decision on the house you'll buy based right. on will it have room for mom and dad, things like right. that. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Like it, if you if you plan for these things, then you know that you're not going to have a um, – uh, a three-story uh, condo, you know, if you anticipate two things, you're going to have a baby crawling around and you're going to need um, a wheelchair accessible doors or everything being on one floor and in an extra, um, you know, in-suite bathroom. I mean, those are the kinds of things that we can think about our, our families are growing, whether they're little or anticipating the others getting older. Those are some logistical things that we can just go ahead and, and put into place um, instead of trying to trying to do it later in a rut when somebody's sick or hurt or right. not so able to. Think sickness about it. or hurt. OK, we, we can't always avoid accidents, but we we can pay attention to our health. We can mm -hmm. not do things that continue to make us sicker. And maybe someday we'll bring some nutritionist on to have a discussion about how illnesses and conditions later in life are often um, fertilized, you might say, in childhood, according to how people live and what they do. True. But if we have this general perspective, we don't have to anticipate that by the time somebody gets older, they're going to be a burden. Um, you know, one person's burden is another person's blessing. And I think a lot of people go into um, professions that help people because they have this natural desire to help. And so I think we should cultivate that. And especially in families that have um, a number of children, they should be encouraged from the time they're young. And often that's the case, how to care for a younger brother and sister, how to um, be in touch and stay in touch with grandma and grandpa so that that becomes a cultivated relationship. Mm -hmm. And so these are things that go along with the education part because it's an expansive view of education, not just, well, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Right. Very true. So what's your take on the atmosphere at the place you're at now in this conference? Is the importance of the family being um, stressed or do you find that maybe you're among the few that are stressing that kind of orientation? I think the few um, stressing that in terms of exhibitors. Now there are keynote speakers and breakout sessions that may be covering those in ways that I am, I'm not real familiar with, but a whole lot of the offering is more, more um, geared toward letting the, letting the church community know, the, the churches know what other resources are available. You know, so you have people here from, um, you know, Alzheimer prevention or, you know, uh, different nursing home facilities, different um, um, health department people, AARP, all kinds of vendors are here, but I they're see. not as much um, 
uh, really re um, speaking to the family as, as much as they are speaking to there's there's pastors here and um, uh, and agencies here representing more community and um, churches than they are really families. I see. Which okay. I don't really know what to think about that. Like, how do we address that? Well, we're, we're doing that here. Right. That right. right. So, I mean, it's like, it's, it's important to know where you are and I can almost envision people saying right now, okay, great. Yeah. You got nice parents or your kids are attentive to you. I don't have that situation. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, we would expect as the family has um, diminished in importance, the asset and the benefits of the family aren't there. Mm -hmm. So God well, didn't say have families because there would be no benefit. He said that the greatest benefit would be in and amongst the family. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that we know is true, even though most of the people that you and I talk to might be um, homeschooling or really people of um, regenerate men and women that are really paying attention to this. Most of the world, most of our country, the kids are in public school. Both parents are working. So there's not a whole lot of people here. You know, there are, you know, a, a few, they're pastors from all other denominations, but they represent people who are not at home. The children are not at home. Their aging parents are wandering around, going, "Well, you know, what are we going to, what are we going to do?" You know, and some of them are, are in those nursing homes. Some of them are in the retirement community. Some of them are in aging in place, and um, and they're not being cared for by the the families, and it becomes a burden on the. That that's where it becomes a burden. It's when you know. You don't have those provisions in place and the state does um, try and, and step in because we've neglected our duty. We've neglected our responsibility. And it's just the opposite of what the Bible says. The Bible says that the gray hair, the hoary head mm -hmm. should be given honor. And although I'm glad that I've witnessed people being physically taken care of, um, when we used to go around, when my kids and I would get to a nursing home and we'd split up, I figured it was a safe place to have the kids walk around. So everybody would find our own people. And I would have lovely conversations with elderly women and to discover that they had raised six sons. One woman had six sons who were all doctors and she was very proud of them. And it dawned on me, we see the gray hair, the white hair, whatever it is, the person in the wheelchair, and we just assume incapable, incompetent. But these are people with marvelous histories. Um, and uh, in nursing homes or retirement communities, there is a surplus of women to men ratio. I remember an uncle who thought it was the best thing since sliced bread that he was in a retirement home. He says, the women are coming out from all over the place, right? Well, women tend to live longer than men. But here's the thing there are rich in experience. And I saw a lot of um, community activities in these things where they were having um, the people do their times tables and they would hold up a flashcard and recognize the word. Now I get it that they were trying to help that, but if they, if these people were interacting with all ages, just like we don't think it's a great idea to segregate children in a school system and they're only around people who are exactly their age. One of the benefits of homeschooling is multiple 
uh, age groups together, that people would stay more vibrant and contributing, contributing mm -hmm. in a way that we don't think about. And so just because we're modern and we have Facebook and we have all this other stuff, doesn't mean we're necessarily advanced. It just means we have some new toys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. One of the things we also, um, I've, I've also learned is that, you know, there, there are people that are participating in this conference this year who may not be able to participate next year because they're the, the agency over them doesn't see the value in, um, in doing that. So yeah. even that, um, that uh, safety net that we think we may have when we, after we've neglected the family, there's a sense of, uh, you know, we talked about earlier that maybe the state will take care of it. That's even follow, falling through, you know, that's not a safe place to land either. And we know that that's true. It, it, it's not ever going to be. So we can only correct this if we will repent of our own sin, hear what God has to say, and begin wherever we are to, um, to do those things that he's called us to do and be the, be the, the people that he's called us to be. Right. And not to be the bearer of bad news, but if we have a culture that for 50 years now or whatever it is, has basically said, if you don't want a child, you don't have to have one. How soon before it either becomes a choice of people to decide that, okay, well, you know, let's make them happy for a month or two and then, you know, give them a sleeping potion where they don't wake up from because you see, we have too many people. Um, if it's all utilitarian and it's not infused with the view of every human being is the image of God and we have a responsibility to deal with all people lawfully, whether or not we would count them among the household of faith. And so where families are struggling because they don't have a biologically, um, a biological family that's there to help them, the church should be cultivating such things. So mm -hmm. more important than the bright new sanctuary or all the other things is making provision so that the family of God treats fellow believers the way God says the family should be treated. And so this is huge. And for a lot of people who were sure they had it all figured out, their hair is getting grayer. They're, <laughs> they're not as, as vibrant as they used to be. We have to start looking at not so much sons and daughters, grandchildren, will you help me? You're supposed to help me and not feel that we don't want to be a burden. We shouldn't want to be a burden, but we shouldn't say to somebody, you don't have responsibility where God says you do. Right, right. And for all the, the ways that we have fallen short, um, and, and there's a lot of people that I wish were at this conference that are not, I do appreciate that the conversation is, is in, in the making. You know, there are lots of denominations um, represented here, lots of pastors, lots of resources. And we just need to, to um, just not forget that it that it's the family that needs to be making those decisions. And um, so I do appreciate this uh, conference. They have it every year. Um, and um, so, you know, it is a conversation that the church needs to have. And 
I'm, I'm happy to be here. No, I'm, yeah. glad. I'm glad. And so once again, homeschooling is the vehicle by which we can be more faithful to scripture. But it's not just keeping them out of the public school. Yeah, there's benefit on not having your children exposed to certain things. But the greater benefit is to let them rise to the occasion of what it means to be a Christian girl or boy, eventually woman and man, and the fact that they're being prepared for service in the kingdom. And that if you don't take care of your own, the scripture says you're worse than an infidel. So we ought to look at what does God say to those who have been unfaithful, because that's what an infidel is. So this is not a small matter, nor is it a matter of personal choice. It's a matter of God-given responsibility and obedience or not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm reminded again that God has ordained all of our days uh, before there was one of them. So he knows how long the he could be useful here and to represent him well and for his purpose, you know, and we don't know how he may use us in the lives of others. And, um, but it, every day that he gives us another, a, a, every day that he gives us, it is for his pleasure and his purpose. And, and we need not forget that. We don't want to say no to his blessings, whatever age they come to us. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, I know you didn't have a clock, but I do. And we have come to the end of our time. Thank everybody for joining us. I hope you benefit from it. And this new time is going to be the time we do it every week now um, until there's a reason to change it. But uh, for right now, we will stick with 11 o'clock Pacific time and then uh, two o'clock Eastern time. And then you can figure out central time in the middle of that time zones bother me. But we get those bookends and we can figure it out. So um, see you next time, Nancy. Very good. Thank you, Andrea. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining Andrea Schwartz and the Kingdom Driven Family Podcast. Holding up the family and self-government as a true and lasting means of transforming society. Please visit thekingdomdrivenfamily.com and reconstructionistradio.com.